Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Snake Oil Radio. This is your host, Jim Ventura. Welcome everybody today. Uh, if it's your first time tuning into the show, uh, I am uh, Jim Ventura. I am an astrologer and a uh, tarot card reader, numerology. I work with a lot of different types of oracles. Uh, I do private sessions for people uh, in person or by phone. And also, of course, um, I teach classes on, on developing these abilities as well. In fact, um, I will be actually uh, getting involved in uh, Skype and be able to do some web seminars uh, by the end of this year, beginning of 2012. So anyway, again, if it's your first time calling in, uh, we run it here every Thursday for usually a 30, 45-minute show. And, uh, you know, I, I have different themes for different shows. Always the first show of each Thursday is often uh, what I, I like. To, I read my, my monthly column which is called Snake Oil. If you're not already getting my column, uh, feel free to re, uh, email me at VenturaSag at Yahoo.com or at VenturaWords at Mac.com. All that info is on the website, by the way. And we could set you up uh, to get the monthly uh, column, which will actually be published into my second book, uh, and actually in about two months, and I'll give you guys some more information on that as things progress. I'm also an author and uh, a blog columnist as well. Anyway, so we come up with a couple of different themes each week. Uh, this week it is, uh, you know, uh, last week we talked about my, my monthly column, which was called Injustice for All, and I have been also uh, doing a number of different uh, shows on talking about the meaning of the tarot, uh, primarily the major arcana cards. And today uh, it's listener's choice, so in a little while I will open up the phone lines and uh, offer an opportunity for anybody listening live to ask any metaphysical questions they might have, or even um, we could do, you know, five-minute little mini-readings in terms of just pulling a card or two for uh, what anybody's going through personally. But, you know, of course, again, those are we have to keep those kind of short. We don't have a long show, but um, we give you a little bit of insight. And uh, again, we'll we'll open up those phone, lo- phone lines a little bit, and I'll, I'll bring that whole uh, idea up again in, in just a little while. So again, welcome all of my um, listeners, whether you're in the chat room um, or listening live or both. Um, Good to uh, see all of you here. Special hello to Ashley. Um, uh, Ashley's mentioning in the chat room that she had a reasonably good week, but she fell off a wall. So (laughs) you fell off a wall. I hope you're okay from having fallen off a wall. Uh, I always think that when we injure ourselves, uh, you know, it's sort of similar to having a cold. I mean, I think it's kind of forcing us to retreat, and that might sound kind of obvious, but sometimes I think we might need a little push from the universe, so to speak, uh, when when we do need to retreat, uh, you know, from time to time. You know, I've actually found that I've been pretty lucky for the last couple of years um, in in two different areas in relation to this um, this point. Um, I, I almost never seem to get colds anymore. I haven't gotten them really in a couple of years. I mean, every few years I'll get the flu, and I think it's my body's way of cleansing it itself out. But by and large, for the most part, I, I just don't seem to get sick um, very often at all, except for some very mild allergies that will pop up from time to time. For the most part, uh, I don't seem to get sick very often. And even also years ago, I had... Uh, uh, you know, when I when I would work out every every you know year or two, I would get kind of like a neck injury or I'd pull a muscle and have to take a break from that. So what I found that seems to have uh, helped 
strangely enough, is in both areas, you know, I, I tend to take purposeful breaks. Um, if I'm working out too heavy and hit the gym, you know, more than, you know, three or four or five days a week repeatedly, I'll, I'll take a break from it for a week or so. I'm also, I think I'm a little bit more wiser knowing how to, you know, work the body and be more cautious about it. Um, and then with the cold thing, I think, you know, I take probably at least one day or a half day every week to just be absolutely uh, painfully lazy. Um, you know, I, I sleep a lot more than I normally do. I take naps with my cat. I, I just get really, really like, I, I jokingly say, blatantly lazy. I watch TV. I just take about a day a week or so, or again, sometimes just a half day realistically, where I'm, I'm just really not focusing on much at all. And I think that that also is helping a lot in terms of not getting uh, illnesses or having accidents or things to kind of force you to retreat. Because I don't think anybody consciously wants to have an accident or get a cold or any of those other things, too. I mean, don't misread the the, the perceptions there around that type of a thing. I think it's just more that sometimes we drive ourselves too hard or we have a lot of anguish or we have a lot of um, energy being expended in one particular area. Um, and then we might, you know, unconsciously create something to give us that pullback, that breather, that need to just kind of, you know, be a little bit of a space cadet or, you know, just to retreat from people and things that we might be pushing ourselves too hard at. So I think when we, if we can learn how to kind of tune into those things um, consciously and really, really honor our need for occasional retreat and rest and, and recuperation, I think we'll be more inclined to not have to deal with um, some of these type of minor illnesses and accidents and various other things. Anyway, so uh, one of the things I want to talk about today, and then again, like I said, a little bit, I'll actually open up the phone lines here, is I had mentioned we were talking a bit in the last couple of shows about the uh, uh, major arcana cards within the tarot and helping uh, any uh, any other uh, my listeners who were studying tarot or learning it, and, and you also don't have to necessarily um, be studying tarot to to get value and understanding the the archetypal themes within it because there really are life lessons or life experiences also. So we we kind of finished with that material, and uh, I, I will mention also too that I'm actually doing another column. I have my column. Um, my, my snake oil column, which is on uh, Google as well as uh, uh, available by a subscription uh, for free. Uh, but I also have a column that uh, some of my uh, listeners who are interested in Tarot might like to check out. Um, I'm writing a column on, an, uh, on, a, on a website called artfortune.com. If you go to artfortune.com, it's basically a, a website where, where people buy and sell and trade art. But um, I actually have a column there, believe it or not. It's called The Art of Tarot. And I'm doing a monthly little kind of intro to artists on understanding archetypal symbolism within the, uh, within the tarot. So, so definitely feel free to check that out also. Uh, next week I'm going to start talking about the Viking runestones. Um, one of my favorite oracles to work with and one I highly recommend for people who are looking at learning how to read oracles for themselves, even for others, um, it's a little bit of an. Uh, it's certainly a lot more of an easier oracle to learn than necessarily tarot. So it's definitely a good place to um, to to go, uh, and, um, and and just a wonderful oracle. You know, something I've worked with for many many years. So I'll get I'll get back. I'll get into uh, some more information about that in our um, in our next uh, broadcast here next Thursday. So one of the things I wanted to talk a little bit about 
today to open up the uh, discussion is a little bit about astrology because we have uh, a number of outer planets right now that are going retrograde. So I want to go into a little bit more information about what the retrograde means to us personally, um, as well as when we find retrogrades in our chart. So I want to talk a little bit about these things and what we have with these current outer planets going retrograde. You know, if you're not really completely familiar with astrology, um, it really is a, an interesting thing to learn and very, very valuable uh, to have as uh, an aspect of insight. I think that people often kind of misread elements of astrology is that astrologers are compulsively paying attention to everything the planets do and aren't doing making any decisions unless the planets say they should, so to speak. You know, all of that is very humorous in that respect because the, the planets in, in our solar system really represent attributes of us in that sense. So when we say, for instance, Jupiter is retrograde, which it is right now, so I'll talk a little bit about that. When we say something like Jupiter is retrograde, what we're really, really bringing up is the idea the part of us that uh, is about philosophy and expansion and growth and abundance and larger expression. The part of us is going backwards, retrograde, meaning we're reevaluating um, those elements within ourselves. So uh, a, a retrograde motion, all, all planets at some point go retrograde, except I, I believe the sun never goes retrograde, of course, but um, moon, of course, Mercury, Mars, Venus, Uranus, Saturn, you know, Pluto, all of them go retrograde. And yes, I know the moon is not a planet. It's technically a satellite, but it, it also goes retrograde. Uh, they call it void of course. Uh, anyway, um, if you look at your own natal chart, when you have certain planets in retrograde motion, when you're born, it, it typically means that the energy associated with those particular planets are really something that we're, throughout our life, is going to be something that we're reevaluating and re-looking at. So, I have uh, a uh, Jupiter is retrograde in Taurus in my uh, in my uh, in my natal chart, and now of course it's actually retrograde in Taurus right now for everybody. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, anyway, so uh, hello to everybody kind of jumping in out of the chat room. Uh, hello to Dreammaker. Um, Dreammaker's mentioning that he or she is having a horrible day. Well, I hope that turns around for you. Um, sometimes, you know, it's actually funny that you bring that up because I I kind of started off the morning feeling a little down myself. I had gotten up and I wasn't feeling uh, particularly positive and I ended up doing a little bit of work this morning and then going right back to sleep. Um, and uh, and uh, then I woke up after my nap and had a couple of very weird dreams and then I felt a lot better and now I've actually been happy for the rest of the day. There was def definitely something kind of in the air. So, uh, yes, uh, Dreammaker, you can ask a question, but I'm going to wait about another 10 minutes before I take uh, questions, so feel free to ask. But I, I want to make sure that we, we cover a little bit of material here today, and then we'll open up the uh, phone lines or the opportunity to ask questions to the chat room. So just hang for about another uh, five, 10 minutes on that, okay? All right. So, because this is Listener Choice Day, so we do get to uh, talk a little bit about uh, people's uh, questions and, uh, and and various other things. So, we do want to focus on that, but we'll, we'll get to that in just a little bit. 
Okay, so back to what I was talking about, about retrograde motion with planets. So, you know, when Jupiter, Jupiter's retrograde in Taurus, so Jupiter represents abundance and our, our creativity in, in many respects and where we're philosophical and large in life and optimistic and idealistic. So it going retrograde in Taurus, of course, is going to bring us an opportunity to really look at what we do creatively, philosophically, and abundantly in relation to the practical matters and details of our lives. So, you know, I have uh, Jupiter retrograde natally in my chart in Taurus, so I have always been very, very good at um, using creative, optimistic, philosophical ideas in a tangible, practical way. Um, I turn, you know, reading cards into a business. I I've done a number of things. Uh, as a writer, I've turned storytelling into a business. So, so, but I had to really relook at that process and, and go over it at, at multiple points and really, really question my ability to do it, whether I was doing it too much, too little, not enough. So now that everyone is, ha- is having this experience for the next couple of months of Jupiter going retrograde in, in Taurus, it's bringing up the idea for everybody to look at what, kind of optimism and and creativity we have and abundance and and what we can do with it in a tangible way and it really it's kind of almost like a a way of going back over because it's retrograde it's quote-unquote going backwards we might be looking at old talents abilities things we might have tried before re-looking at them again uh beginning to uh rehash and rethink some old talents old abilities old ideals uh, so we've got a couple of months of this retrograde motion with Jupiter going backwards in Taurus. So I do want to mention that because I think that you know we have to look at our sense of abundance in relation to again really very tangible things. You know Taurus's symbol is uh, you know uh, the bull. I always joke and I say it could certainly be a baked potato. There's something very consistent, reliable, and and uh, very very. Uh, uh, you know, uh, comfort-oriented. That's uh, very much about Tauruses in that sense. And by no means are they lazy. Um, it's just that Taurus will work hard and play hard and want to sleep and eat and you know enjoy all of those things. So we all have Taurus somewhere, of course, in our charts. And that is really the part that um, we're looking at. Uh, you know, how overly optimistic we are, how, whether we're not optimistic enough you know, how much we believe in ourselves and what we're capable of being and what we're capable of doing. So that, again, is is what we're looking at now with the retrograde motion of, of Jupiter in, in Taurus right now. And it, I believe it's retrograde till, till, around, till around Christmas. So we've got a number of months of re-looking at this. Um, I know for me it was a trigger to actually, you know, I'm actually going to launch another radio show. I'm going to keep this one going launching another radio show, and there's a few other, something I've wanted to do for a long time, and I'll get into more info about that a little bit later on, because it has absolutely nothing to do with this type of radio show. Uh, just completely different subject matter um, that, that I'm going with, a completely different area of, of interest. So anyway, so all planets will go retrograde at different points. Right now, Pluto is retrograde, Uranus is retrograde, Neptune is retrograde. So all the outer planets are retrograde. I believe Neptune goes direct um, in about a month or so. And then with Uranus and Pluto, I think Pluto is is probably November, December. And then Uranus, I believe, is until early January or so before it finally goes uh, direct. You know, the outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, they go retrograde for longer periods when they do than, for instance, like Mercury, which will go retrograde for 
You know, maybe about three weeks. That one will make everybody nuts. We had a Mercury retrograde in, in Leo uh, in, to much of August, and that was really affecting everybody's sense of pride and self-worth and whether people see what's great about them. Our prince and princess syndrome, I like to say, uh, was, was being triggered a lot last month, whether we were getting pissed off about whether people were not seeing what's great about us, you know, the cat and all of us in that sense. Uh, but when these outer planets go retrograde, they're not quite as um, difficult as the personal planets. Like, for instance, when Venus or Mercury or uh, Mars goes retrograde, we really tend to notice them more so. The outer planets are noticeable, but they kind of affect, you know, a specific area, but in, in a somewhat more generalized kind of a way. Pluto represents how we use personal power in the world. Um, so we can feel like we're, we have to relook at how much power we use, uh, whether we're using too much or too little. Uranus represents where we're eccentric, where we're odd, where we're weird, where we're um, iconoclastic. So we relook at, at the oddness in us in terms of good or bad. And Neptune, in its retrograde motion, will bring up the um, where we have things that we believe that can come true because we believe them, and also where we believe in things that are baloney where we wear rose-colored glasses, where we're not seeing things clearly, where we might uh, project a story out into the world and then find ourselves disheartened by that story or that experience. So uh, Neptune can be very, very, you know, I always say Neptune could be the ultimate uh, uh, part of us that, that finds magic in life, and it's also where occasionally the angels weep because we didn't see clearly or I mean, we wish for something and, 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 and weren't really looking at what was happening there in that sense. Uh, sometimes, even in relationships, we see what's best in people, which is very Neptunian and very awesome, except that sometimes that, that becomes kind of like a blinding force and we're a little bit oblivious to maybe some of the things that the other people around us might see a lot more clearly in that respect. Anyway, so all of those planets are retrograde, um, and uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that, but I had mentioned that in about 15, 20 minutes I was going to open up the phone lines. So I'm going to do that. If you have any uh, questions about what we're talking about today or any metaphysical subject, or even, again, if you're looking at a, a, a quick couple of minute uh, mini reading, again, there's not much I can do with, with such short time periods, but I can pull a card or two and tell you what we get up from those things. Uh, we'll do that as well. So let me, I'm going to put the phone number up there, and then I'm going to um, first answer DreamMaker's question, who has been very, very patient. So just hang in there. I'm going to get to you first. Because, yeah, you can actually ask questions in the chat room uh, as well, too. Um, so you don't worry about You don't have to necessarily call in, but you're welcome to do it also. So the call-in number here is uh, 646-200-3966. You probably had to dial a 1 before that. And if I do get a couple of callers, uh, just you might have to hang for a little bit because it's not a long show, uh, but I'll try to get to everybody or at least mention to you what's going on. So uh, anyway, uh, again, that number is 646-200-3966 if you'd like to call in. So let's see. Dreammaker, your first question here is, I feel like I'm going to lose everything I worked so hard for. Okay, you know, and that's a perfect question in relation to what we're talking about with this Jupiter retrograde in Taurus, absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the things I've said to a lot of people is if you if you didn't have some type of knockdown in 2007 or 2008 or 2009, um, 
you're probably going to get one. I don't want to sound like a cynic in that sense, but it's almost good if you did already have some type of a knockdown in that respect. Um, and I think that uh, there is, uh, you know, th- there's always this kind of part of us that can rise above loss. I think that uh, almost everybody has gone through some type of difficulty, some more than others, but everyone's gone through some difficulty in the last couple of years. Again, I've talked about this in other shows, that I think a lot of that has to do with um, Pluto's movement into Capricorn in late 2007, early 2008, which is not an easy placement and, and will, will cause us to really feel like we had to start over or rebuild or restructure or take some type of a loss or sometimes our worst fears being manifest. Uh, there's sort of good news in that, too, because when we look at the thing that we fear the most and we look it in the face, we'll often find that, one, it wasn't nearly as bad as we thought it was going to be, or that it ends up turning out to be a good thing in that sense. So in your question, uh, DreamMaker is asking about um, you're fearful that you're going to lose everything you've worked so hard for. No, I don't feel like you're going to lose everything. It feels to me like there is a lot of... um, of, of strain and, and anguish that's going on, and these could be due to economic conditions connected with your work or various other things. Um, you know, I noticed that you launched into another question here too, uh, Dreammaker, about a relationship, and I'm going to read this out loud just because, um, you know, some of the people are not in the chat room, and, they, and if they're listening later on the archives, they won't have any idea what we're talking about. So DreamMaker's question is, I have a relationship question, and I want to know if Jay will be letting me know where I stand. So here's what I'm kind of getting about this, and I pulled a runestone for you, and I think this kind of applies to both questions that you're asking here, and I hope this will be a, a little bit of help to you along the way with this. I feel like you're only – I definitely feel like this feels a little blocked up um, that, that's connected with this energy with Jay. Um, not over – not shut down by any means, but I keep kind of getting the message that it feels a little bit blocked up, um, that they're afraid of, of, of communicating fully. There's some phobia, there's some fear here about um, really, really um, expressing themselves. So I definitely can feel like it's probably causing you a bit of anxiety because it's making you uncertain about you know, your role here and your value. Um, so I pulled a rune stone, and I want to use this as a great illustration so we'll put you on the spot here, DreamMaker, but also give you some information to come uh, to look at here. So I pulled a rune for DreamMaker on what their action is in relation to this question. What what posture to take? What, where should you expend your energy now in that sense? What road um, is ahead? So the rune that I pulled is called Iwas, and it means defense, avertive powers, and a U-tree. I'm actually going to read this on air because I think um, it will be valuable for everybody to hear at one level and definitely for DreamMaker to consider, and then I'll talk a little bit about it. This is a passage from um, Ralph Blum um, on the runes, and it's awesome. So let me let me throw this at you guys. Um, this rune doesn't have a reverse position, by the way. It, it suggests the idea that um, it's, uh, it's it looks the same either way, um, upright or reversed. So his message is, he says, as we're tested, we fund the power to avert blockage and defeat. At the same time, we develop in ourselves an aversion to the conduct that creates stress in our lives. If there appears to be an obstacle in your path right now, consider that even a delay may prove beneficial. Do not be overly eager to press forward, for this is not a time or a situation in which you can make your influence felt. 
Patience is the counsel EWAS offers, nothing hectic, no acting needy or lusting after a desired outcome. This rune speaks to the difficulties that can arise at the beginning of your new life. Often it announces a time of waiting, for a spring to fill up with water and fruit to ripen on the bough. Perseverance and foresight are called for here. The ability to foresee consequences before you act is the mark of the profound person. Avert anticipated difficulties through right action, this rune is saying. And yet even more than we do is we are deciders. Once the decision is clear, the doing becomes effortless. For then the universe supports and empowers our action. Receiving you wish you put a notice that through inconvenience and discomfort, growth is promoted. This may well be a trying time, certainly is a meaningful one. So set your house in order, tend to business, be clear, and wait on the will of heaven. Okay, so I always kind of say this is somewhat the patience rune right now. And I think it definitely reflects a lot of the frustration that you're going through at the moment. But keep in mind, this too shall pass. What he talks about here is the idea that, you know, the bad stuff, the difficult things that we go through can kind of be test points because they show us what to do, what not to do, where to put energy and where not to put our energy in that sense. We can learn from it. But also the feeling that I'm getting here with you, Dream Maker, and again, some of this might really trigger into some of my other listeners and welcome everybody who's here. Hello, Barb Heineman, um, Ashley Wright, Dream Maker, um, I'm not, I'm not going to pronounce your handle is K-J-T-O-M-A-K-I-N-1. Uh, so welcome. Just the same even if I can't pronounce your, your handle name. Uh, so uh, I think, like I said, that some of this info can be applicative to everybody to consider as well, but certainly definitely for DreamMaker here. So what I'm kind of getting here is I feel like there's actually a little part of you that's uncertain. You're not completely... 100% sure where you're necessarily standing with Jay. I feel like there's a little party that's going back and forth internally. And uh, and I think that, um, uh, you know, I, I really feel like, I, I'm going to say, because this is a relationship issue, I feel like you should kind of move forward, and I do think there is going to be some forward movement. I'm kind of feeling like November, so I feel like it's a little frustrating a little bit longer that you're just kind of, not sure where this person stands, you're not sure where you stand, but again, I feel like a lot of it has a lot to do with you making up your mind about moving forward with this. And I want to say, with the relationship, just kind of ask the universe, like, this or something better, that you're open to this happening, or something better that's even more fitting, and then be uh, receptive to whatever kind of comes your way in that sense. Um, but I feel like there's a, a little bit of a of, of a block internally but the other part that I'm getting is I keep kind of hearing that this is also just about patience. And I know it feels like you may have been very patient already in that sense, but I'm hearing that you need to just hang a little bit longer in that sense with this. But, yeah, I get something about November um, that seems to – that everything just seems to kind of shift uh, at that point in the game. So I like the imagery here of, like, waiting for the spring to fill up with water or I always remember that when I um, – when I was a kid, we, we we would put our swimming pool up in the summer and we'd fill it up with water, but we'd have to wait till it filled up with water, and then we'd have to wait for the water to warm. It was, oh, it was such an exhausting process. Then, of course, we got to go in the pool. So that was always really, really fun, uh, but it took a little while. So, Dream Maker, yeah, you're saying you're afraid that he doesn't want me. So, again, see, to me, that also is really, that has a lot to do with um, your own sense of self-worth. Because if you were totally, totally comfortable with who you are, 
and really loved yourself and recognized what an amazing human being you are in that sense. And never would those things pop into your mind. They they just wouldn't. If someone rejected you, you take a very quote unquote Leonian approach to the situation and be like, um, you know, screw them. <laughs> if someone doesn't see what's amazing about me, then someone someone else is going to see what's amazing about me. So that's what I'd like you to do, Dreammaker. I really like you to really really focus on shift gears a little bit on this and recognize what's amazing about you and how valuable you are and and how um, what you really have to offer and focus on knowing that deeply inside in your heart, and then you'll either see that it'll shift outwardly with Jay, or you'll bring somebody who's not going to be leaving you questioning your value. So that's my that's my suggestion there, and I, and I pass that suggestion on to everybody, because I really think that, that that's kind of one of the key things that is, is so significant about really being successful in life. You know, we have to walk a little bit of a line between being um confident and arrogant of course <laughs> sometimes arrogant could push us a little bit even further in that sense into the negative but when we're confident we we really let what's amazing about us shine and you know i mean we, we it's very easy for us to get stuck on the little details our nose is too big i should be 10 pounds lighter i'm not really making great money and i mean we can all we can run through all the things that that are lacking in us in that sense but in truth um, you know, even if you're, you know, you're 10 or 20 pounds overweight or any of those other things, you got to remember there's someone out in this world that finds that to be really attractive. You know what I mean? Not everyone's necessarily looking for someone who's perfect. Or, um, you know, uh, I, I once, I, I remember uh, a couple of years ago I was in a bar and I was talking to a couple, two gay men who had been together for a number of years, and one of them was really, really, really attractive. And the other one was, eh, well, we're not so attractive. You know, likable person, but not very physically attractive. And I, I thought it was such a, a sharp contrast. And I asked the really quote-unquote pretty one, I said, you know, how long you've been together? And he said, yeah, we've been together for like five years, and it's really awesome. And I said, well, I don't want to, I want to say this in a way that doesn't sound offensive. I said, but you're very different. And he said, yeah, I know. He makes a lot more money than I do and is more successful. And he's like, I know, I'm, I'm a much prettier kind of good-looking guy. He's like, but I like being the pretty one in the relationship. That's my thing. I like a guy who isn't as, as attractive as me. That would bother me. And I thought, now I've heard everything. <laughs> you know, like, that's really interesting uh, that, that, that that's the way that it is because, you know, uh, it, and that, I mean, that gives us great hope if we're not necessarily perfect tens or nines. You know, there might be a, that, that perfect person uh, that likes the fact that we're not that, you know what I mean, they're not that way. And I, I think I'm, I'm using the physicality as an example. Obviously, there's so much more to who we are in relationships and various other things. But I think that that's what does come up. If someone's rejecting us, you know, one thing I can tell you across the board, and this is for you, Dreammaker, this is for everybody, 99.9% .9 of the time, if someone is rejecting us in any way, um, most, most of the time it usually has nothing to do with us. Sometimes they're phobic from another relationship. Sometimes they have their own self-worth issues. You know, sometimes it's they, you know, they think um, we're too good for them. Sometimes they're just afraid. You know, I mean, there's so many factors, but it's so natural for us as people to almost automatically take that position of what's wrong with me. And I really would really remind everybody to, 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 to shift gears on that because 
I've, I've experienced this so many times in my life, it's just mind-boggling. I mean, I've been uh, in the rejections that I've dealt with in relationship. I did the same thing everybody else did. I, I felt pain. I was upset. I felt I made mistakes. I should have tried harder. Maybe it was a fool. Maybe there was nothing there in the first place. And then later on, when I really, really looked at it from a more objective perspective, I understood that almost in all cases, it never was a rejection about a lack in me. It had to do with me picking partners who, were, who had low self-esteem, who didn't feel good about themselves, who were sponges, who I was the giver, and they could never give back, and then they ended up feeling really guilty about that and uncomfortable and so I had to work at changing that pattern in myself, and um, I really, in many ways, I, I've definitely done that because I don't find myself attracted to that pattern anymore. It really was something that was ingrained in me at a young age that you had to earn love. Uh, you know, so so these things are 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 uh, really parts of us that we have to look at. So I would suggest this for all my listeners as well as especially you, Dreammaker. Really, and I'm, I'm, see, I was going to talk uh, to you for two minutes. I'm going to keep bombarding you here because you've <laughs> you volunteered. <laughs> but uh, you're really even consider, you know, even it can, like he says in the room, even a delay can prove beneficial. Rather than keep trying to push forward in a situation where you can't really make your influence felt, see what else you can do in the meantime about understanding yourself, shifting gears internally. And and really, really, you know, looking at it this way, if somebody doesn't commit to you in that sense and and doesn't really come after you, then someone else will if you open up the door for it and allow it to happen. They could potentially take the larger loss. So uh, really, you really contemplate that and, and, and think about the fact that, again, I think sometimes we push up against delays in a way that, you know, makes us feel victimized. And, you know, I know I, I personally had a, a really um, difficult time in the spring into the early summer with a number of different financial things. Um, it, it was tight and it was difficult because I had lost a, uh, a two-year part-time job that was, you know, about an extra fifteen twenty thousand 20000 a year that was dropped. And I had to find a way to replace that income. So it was difficult. But it was weird because the difficulty served to get the, light the fire under my ass to get the things done that would then move me into prosperity. And I have actually done that. Things have improved dramatically at this point. Um, I've got new columns. I've, I'm launching another radio show. I'm getting another book published. All these things have come out of that, and I recognized a lot of things about my own pattern, which was that I had a tendency when things were going well to get kind of lazy, to not keep marketing and advertising myself or trying very hard. It was like when the, things were going well, I'd be like, oh, it's always going to be this way now. Um, uh, true Sagittarius and, and being an optimist in that sense. Sometimes it can, quote, unquote, bite us in the ass in that respect by being overly optimistic. Um, and I realize now, of course, that even when things are going well, you kind of got to do two things. Uh, this brings us around to our Jupiter and Taurus idea. Two things. When things are going well and they're good, Save money. Put money to the side. You know, store your nuts for winter, so to speak, like a squirrel would do. Uh, you know, give yourself a little bit of backup. Give yourself that leeway in that sense that it may not always be this lucrative. Um, you know, not to be cynical and not to be dark, but just to be kind of realistic that things don't always necessarily flow flawlessly and that, you know, things can come up along the way. You know, the other part of it, of course, is you always have to kind of keep 
working toward um, toward new goals. You've got to maintain a certain level of creativity. You've got to be um, clear that you've got to always kind of at some level be striving for something, or working toward new goals, or learning new things. Um, you know, we we can rest obviously from time to time, but I think sometimes we we rest too long. And it, it becomes kind of, you know, almost like a laziness thing in that sense, which is often deeper, in a more deeper level, uh, being having to do with an issue of, of our value and our worth and whether we're afraid of launching into new things. You know, I mean, all of these things are kind of interconnected. So, yeah, I do think uh, there's a real value in this uh, Jupiter retrograde in Taurus about looking at, really our our ability to pra- practically create abundance for ourselves in that sense that's what the Jupiter and Taurus retrograde is all about um it's been that way for about 2 3 weeks now maybe yeah, about 3 weeks i think and again it, it'll go retrograde i think only every 2 years but when it does it goes for like 3 or 4 months like i said i believe it's not till the end of december that this thing goes direct again so we have an awfully long period to look at how to um, looking at our philosophy or a sense of abundance, a sense of our ideals in an impractical, tangible way. You know, one of the things that I always kind of notice is that um, as much as I, 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 but this is a great topic to bring up to talk about. And, and again, if anybody has any questions, throw them into the chat room. We've still got a few more minutes on air. But, you know, I had somebody send me a uh, a video of this kind of new age guy who's talking about all these catastrophes that are about to occur, um, that we were being tricked. It's not going to happen in 2012. It's going to happen in 2011. <laughs> you know, in October, November, December, all these things, these earthquakes and catastrophes and uh, and uh, asteroids hitting the planet and all this other malarkey. And I'm watching this video that somebody sent me. And, you know, and of course they're charging a small fortune for the videos and things. And you have to, you have to laugh because of course it's the uh the big plan that if the world's coming to an end why are you trying to make a lot of money before that happens but um you know a, a lot of a lot of people are taking advantage of this 2012 fears and and marketing selling those and against the new age people sometimes too can be you know a little on the cuckoo bird t- uh side sometimes and quite quite impractical and get caught up in this doom and gloom crap okay so we got two questions here first from Ashley then from Barbara so I'm going to hit both of those uh, so Ashley asks in the chat room, Jim, I'm pondering going back to my previous job, not a traditional situation, so wondering if it would do more harm than good. Okay, so first question, let's pull a rune for you and see what your action is um, here in relation to your question for Ashley. Uh you know what? Yeah, I, I, here's what I'm kind of getting on this, Ashley. I, I do feel like there's a little bit of of a, a a problem with that in that sense, um, I pulled a rune and it came up signals reversed, which means you're getting kind of mixed, confused signals around this subject right now. Um, so here's what I'm kind of picking up. Um, you're saying going back to a previous job, not a traditional situation. I think it's important to look at why you left that, and and really examining that before you necessarily make a move or. Um, or or make some type of a change or some type of a shift. What I'm kind of hearing is I don't feel like you need to go back to the exact situation. 
I keep hearing that there's a need for some adaption, like maybe multitasking or juggling multiple things or not necessarily putting all your eggs in one basket in that sense in relation to what you do work-wise. But I'm feeling like you're meant to kind of figure this out over the next couple of months um, and with a little bit of a trial and an error. So I'm getting kind of a message to not go to any real, real extremes, to really reponder um, why you left that in the first place, um, how you could approach the situation again or from another angle. Because if you're able to do that, I think you'll be fine. But what I'm hearing is uh, I, I think that you're, you're kind of – they keep. I keep hearing you're meant to multitask, that you're meant to kind of – not put all your eggs in one basket in that sense and try a couple of different angles in terms of work and income at this point because uh, it feels like an exploring phase. So I hope that's some help to you because I know it's got to feel a little bit jammed up right now for you in that sense. But they're telling me to meditate on it a little bit more because you're going to get insight and you're going to get some direction. I feel like there's a definite push um, toward the beginning of next year toward a lot more clarity and it'll almost be like a, a momentum of getting there bit by bit as all these different things kind of click. Okay, let me uh, quickly mention Barb's uh, Kahneman's question as well, too, um, and then we'll kind of tie these together. So Barb Heineman asks, since Jupiter is a ruler in my chart, would this be a good time for me to look around for something else financially? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that applies to both of you, for Ashley also, to the other, not necessarily be Sagittarius, Ashley. But I'm feeling that that's definitely the case. You definitely want to begin to look around for other options. That's perfect for the Jupiter um, retrograde in Taurus. But again, you're wanting to go in with a certain amount of optimism, but then a certain amount of kind of mature practicality into the situation uh, as well, too. I definitely feel like, and again, I'll say this for both of you, that the energy that I'm picking up on is this is almost kind of a research, kind of searching time, of figuring out what you want to do and, and how you want to take it and, and which way you want to go with it. Um, I, I really like um, the energy of that for a bit. I'm feeling like by the time you get to end of the year, and this is for both of you, what you've explored and what you've learned will make you feel really kind of solid about the decisions that you make as you go into next year. So that's what I'm getting about, kind of checking some different things out. Um, what I'm finding personally that's been very interesting since this Jupiter retrograde, because in my case, Jupiter is literally on top of my ascendant, my rising sign. So I'm finding that I'm weirdly getting into circumstances where I'm lucking out again. Jupiter's right on my center, my rise, my personality house. So it's funny because I had forgotten how lucky I used to be. Just that much of 2009 and eight were just shitty, excuse my, uh, <laughs> excuse my French, so to speak, um, that I did. I got really tired. I was working restaurant jobs to juggle income, and now things are, are flowing again. And uh, I had forgotten that it, you know, I had periods where I would just luck out. I would get what I needed in that sense. So that's beginning to occur again which I'm, I'm really, really, really happy about. Um, okay, so um, so for both of you, yeah, uh, both Barb and, and Ashley, yeah, I definitely feel you're, you're both kind of in, that, in a similar space where you're exploring, and that's what I want you to keep open. That sometimes it's not so much about the action that we have to take, but about really meditating and looking into some different things at this point, because I keep feeling like um, you're going to be directed – Oh, boy, I've only got another minute or two, but they want me to get an angel card for you guys. So let me see if I can do that real quick to finish that. Finish off, so to speak. 
Yeah, I know. Okay, so I pulled an angel card, and it's the uh, it's the angel that says, "Be honest with yourself." Um, she says, "Look into your heart, and you will know the truth of the situation. It's safe to admit the truth to yourself." We will support and guide you to any necessary changes. Lean upon us for the courage and the strength to take good care of yourself. Focus only upon your true desires and they'll come to you upon angels' wings. So, yeah, there's something, and I think this is kind of the theme of the day, about looking at that part of you that kind of does know in that sense and really, really trusting that, um, both the good and the bad. So uh, I wish I had more time to go into this, but we're we're running uh, toward the end of our show here. So uh, you guys will have to um, catch up with us on the next show. Thank you uh, for all the positive feedback and comments and all the questions, um, uh, uh, as well as Kito Kito making one. Making one. I'm going to get that somehow at some point. I think it's a J in there that's throwing me. <laughs> anyway, thank you. Thank you, Barb. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, Dreammaker. Thank you for everyone who was silently listening in the background or may listen later on. Anyway, I'll be back here again next week. Looks like we're going to uh, be signing off for the, the day. 45 minutes can go quite fast. And next week we'll, we'll talk about the rune stones and teach you guys how to work and use those yourself and even make your own set of runes. This is Jim Ventura. Thanks for tuning to Snake Oil Radio, and I will be back here again next week. And I hope you'll join me. And if you uh, if you're catching the show in our archives, absolutely, um, you can send me a line. If you're not already getting my column, just feel free to email me, and I'll add you to the mailing list. And if you're looking for personal sessions, all that info is on our webpage and my website. You get info there. So thank you again, everybody, and have a wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful day, and thank you, Ashley, too, especially for your suggestion about the uh, the webcam uh, web seminars. Because I actually ordered a webcam, and it is on its way. So I literally will be doing web seminars and teaching classes. So you see that? See how powerful and influential your suggestions are? Way more than you'd ever know. So <laughs> thank you, everybody. Uh, I'm going to sign out, and we'll catch up with you the next time. Peace.